Hey everybody, welcome to It's Real with Jordan and Demi. I'm Jordan Edwards in Los Angeles, in New York. We got Demi Ramos. Today, our very special guest, Shooter Jennings, Yellow Wolf, together. They form Sometimes Why. What is going on, guys? What's up? Hmm. So, we'll get right into it. I know you guys had um, been corresponding for several years, had known each other for several years, but how did this project come together finally? Um, yeah, we, we were somewhat mapping it out for almost a decade. <laughs> like we, yeah. we met like in 2010, um, and, uh, we immediately started talking about working. We stepped in the studio a few times to work on just random. Uh, I, like I brought him in to, to track a hook for me. And, you know, we played around with the idea. And then um, he came to my store in Nashville with uh, his mom. And uh, I think it was that day that we kind of looked at each other like, dude, are we really going to do this? You know? And that was about maybe four years ago. Cause I, I kind of looked at him like, dude, I really want to do this. We just didn't know what we were going to do. We didn't know what the fuck, how to start, you know, but we started playing with concepts around that time. And, uh, finally during quarantine, actually, I had just got back from Europe and I set up a little studio under my stairs. Um, just to stay busy during quarantine and and he and we were talking during that time he sent me a uh, guitar track and that ended up being holding my head off the record but i sent back i sent him back the demo lyrics and the song to the track and he was like holy shit man like i think we got something i didn't i didn't think it was that good <laughs> uh, but it, it was like that was the trajectory that was like kind of the that's what set us off. And then so we, from that song, we kind of fast forwarded into getting a studio set up that, that ended up being Sunset Sound. So this project was um, mostly done during 2020. Was that what, like written? Yeah, we did all in 10 days at Sunset Sound in starting June 1st. 10 days? Yeah, it was pretty wow. crazy. Like we, well, like he said, like he sent me that song and I, I I mean, he, he's saying he didn't think it was that good, but man, I, I he knows that I thought it was good because I listened to it like 50 times. <laughs> I was like, we're, we got something. If this is like the first thing we do, I can't wait to hear the 10th thing we do, you know? And it kind of, we, we went in with a couple ideas to start with, but really there was a moment and I was actually talking to the engineer, David Spring, who did the record and mixed it like yesterday. And he was like, man, there was just this point where Yellow Wolf was like, hey, let's just make it all up it was like the we did the first song and, and he kind of was like let's make just make it all up and then after that we did and and you know it was just a, it was like confirming that what we had suspected for a very long time that we were gonna really make be able to make some good music together and and man i mean i i walked out of that whole situation and i you know i'm usually sick of stuff that i work on and i i have not gotten sick of this record at all and I'm just really proud that it's finally out there and, and hoping it's connecting with people, you know? Yeah. And for the record, uh, I, you know, I do love holding my head. Don't, don't, don't get me wrong. Like, especially after we produced it and 
or the shooter put it all together, it I, I fell in love with it even more. What I was saying is I just didn't think it was that impactful. You know, like he heard something I didn't. He was like, whoa, you know, and I was like, all right, let's do it. Let's all right. Oh, cool. That's, that's cool. I feel like every like artist, like, from Nirvana to you guys, like it's like yeah, like I, I never knew um, "Smells Like Teen Spirit" was gonna be. I just wrote it in my bedroom, like you know. I feel like that's how the magic happens, though. When you guys are just in your truest form, just making something naturally. That's so cool. Um, it's it's weird though, like you know, like I I, I know that, but, you know, those guys were like twenty one, right, when they're mm -hmm. writing it, and like where we're at, and we've done so many records and we've done so many projects, like like. You know, it's not that you know it's going to be a hit. That's you can't ever tell that. You can't ever tell when it's going to connect with somebody. But, but like from day one with this whole thing in the studio when we first had those ten days to the to the completion of it and the mixing and everything, like I definitely said to Yellow Wolf and the band many times, like, "Am I crazy? Because this feels really, really good. Mm -hmm. This feels really like, you know, the hooks and everything. It just kind of felt like a." A perfect record like there's there's been a couple records and i don't mean to say that like tutor on horn because because i i don't know you know people may not connect with it like i do but there have been some records through history that when i heard them i was like man i wish i could cut a record that feels like that and like daft punk random access memories was one of those for me when i heard that record i, I was like oh my god i was just so happy this was made in current times and really influenced by it, you know? And so when we got done with this, it just kind of felt like an accomplishment. We knew the difference, I think, than, you know, from all the past work we'd done. It felt like an accomplishment to me. Remember when we were talking about movies before, prior to the interview? Mm -hmm. Something about this album makes me feel like like it's a soundtrack to like a movie to, to what's Yeah, there's, it's, it does have like a soundtrack vibe. Yeah, this, right, yeah. right on. I hope uh -huh. it ends up in some movies. <laughs> yeah. Great. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I think we've, we've had so many, like you said, we've had so many years to put ideas through somewhat like, it's kind of like a strainer. Like we've had so many years to put ideas through a strainer or a sifter, whatever. Um, and so in doing that in the studio, it was pretty easy for us to say, oh, no, that's not working. Or just subconsciously knowing what not to do. And I think that that like our, our experience and at the same time, our inexperience was kind of like marrying in this really magical way. We, we, um, and, and the band, man, God, dude, like John, Ted and Jamie, and uh, of course, Dave Spring, the, uh, the engineer, there was just, we got, I think we got the most out of that room, uh, we really utilized that room at its highest level, which which made me super proud, you know, like to come out of this, come out of that studio with that record. Yeah, I mean, Purple Rain was cut in that studio and XO by, you know, uh, Elliot Smith. Yeah, Elliot Smith was cut there and all that stuff. So it was like, had a lot of, there was a lot of previous works that were very high bar, <laughs> you know. And, yeah. and Shooter, when it came to the sound of this album, I mean, I know you didn't have a lot of time. I know that, you know, the kind of the spontaneity of it added to the sound of it. But, you know, 
you guys have different styles. I mean, there's definitely like a Venn diagram. There's a cross section of, of, of your similar sounds, but what were you searching for in terms of the overall sound of this album? And, you know, how did you go about making it? Cause, cause some of it's really like hard rocking, hard driving. Some of it has that very like early eighties power pop vibe. Some of it's sort of country, some of it's sort of hip hop. So, so how did you go about forming that sound? Well, you know, it's like, look, when I, when I came up with the music for Hole in My Head, uh, just the kind of like demo that I sent him as our first thing before we went in, like I had a whole other thing in my head, not like an intention, but just like, you know, where my mind would go. And when I heard what he came up with and how different it was and how like fresh it felt, like, hmm. you know, it kind of, there was kind of this like, I can't wait to hear what he does on everything else type thing in my head. So we were like, we went in the studio, we had this long conversation prior to the record, which covered a lot of ground, it covered like, you know, Tangerine Dreams soundtrack to that movie Legend was part of the conversation. There was like, just all these different records that we loved and albums that we loved that um, that kind of came up in this conversation. So, so we kind of knew like things that we liked. We had, we'd already known each other long enough to know a lot of the things we liked about each other's music and all that. But, you know, it was really once we got in there and we just started making up these ideas. Cause like he said, we, there, we did like 20 something tracks and then he went and wrote these lyrics. He had a lot of them written already by we left, but we recorded the vocals after those 10 days because he was just finishing writing the stuff up and, and like, uh, you know, we would go through certain ideas and, and we would trash them if we, we knew quickly enough, it wasn't going to be right for the thing. And we ended up with like six or seven of them that we were definites. And then like a whole other batch of other stuff that he kind of chose from which the stuff that really got him excited. And um, actually that's not true. There's only like two, that he did that with. I think that we kind of knew the whole thing when we left there, but, but either way, it was like, we kept exploring all these territories and, and like um, a good example is radio, because I remember we were in the, we were in the um, courtyard there at Sunset Sound and, and John, uh, our guitar player just started playing this, like the, the kind of chord progression of what the chorus is. And he started singing the radio thing. And then like instantly I heard this like kind of joy division, like the eighties thing really came out of it, but it was, I was thinking like joy division, you know, which I guess is early eighties, but, but it was like, we kind of just went in and started making it. And then it was like, you know, every, every one of these tracks was like this opportunity to do something we'd always wanted to do with something. Like it was like, we get into it and it starts feeling like Blondie and starts feeling like, this 80s thing and we're just like start chasing down like weird 80s sounds and doing it you know we don't it was all just excitement you know we didn't have like a preconceived notion of what we thought the sound of the record should be so it was kind of like we were just exploring all these avenues and then the cooler it got the more excited we got about it you know and and like when it like rock and roll baby when it goes out of that yes i want to ask chorus. you about that one that's my favorite yeah, i love it and when it comes out first chorus and like it's time for john to do it we're like you should do a guitar solo here. And then he was, we were just like rooting him on as he was doing this like guitar solo that like was just going through the roof, you know? And we're all just getting excited, like, cause that's all that mattered like in the moment. And I think that kind of innocence in, in terms of how we went a, 
about the whole thing and, and really just like being able to be free and make the record we always ever wanted to make. And, and it kind of, in a way, like unified me and all these guys that I had done records with prior to, but had never ever gotten to actually do this thing that we all love doing, you know, just chase down these wild rock and roll angles and, and Yellow Wolf's like enthusiasm, leadership and like, his attitude towards all of it just kind of unlocked all of that in all of us. And again, that's why I'm like, man, I'm so pumped on the record because it's not only like something we always wanted to do and whenever we're able to do it, but like his approach to the songwriting and, and vocals made it so fresh and, and cool and like new and young. Yeah. And, and I, it just felt like something I'd never heard before. So in a weird way. Yeah. You know, well, kind of going off of that um, as far as the lyrics go, how much did you know about the music before you wrote the lyrics? Did you write a lot of the lyrics before you knew what Shooter was doing musically or was it kind of simultaneous? Yeah, I mean, I would, there was a few records I had mapped out conceptually um, and a few records I wrote on the spot, top to bottom. And one of them was right that night back at the, hotel and I, as the guys were working out music i only really needed like one one pass of the structure and i would like you know record one pass as rough as it was even if it was like on the patio like top to bottom with john or in the studio i would just record a pass on my phone and i would typically like go out and like and walk around in the parking lot and start chopping away at ideas and and I, I brought all I brought all the records back to Nashville and just kind of honed in on on it all and uh, I just took a week and you know I just started tracking everything and, uh, and and I would just start sending it to shooter you know one by one and uh, yeah it just started, started kind of all coming together you know I knew that it would but I also knew that, you know, that sound, that wasn't the session where I needed to cut vocals. It takes a lot of time and focus specifically to cut vocals. Um, and, uh, yeah, it, 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 it worked out, you know, that way. Oh, look at the dog. Oh, yeah. My, my Who's full that? Dog. You got upstaged by a dog. <laughs> it's Anna Nicole. Oh, my God. Like I'm trying to keep her from making noise, so she's guys going back to rock and roll baby, which is my favorite. I have to ask, who's that about? Like the the long hair, like you know, there's got a man with the long hair. I think are those the lyrics? Which I love. Who's that song about? And like just like I just want to really get into those, get into those lyrics right now. Um, well, it's some of it is directly, you know, me and my childhood. Um, and, uh, well, it, I, I think possibly every single lyric may be very specifically mine, my, my own story. And it may have been a couple nights or a month or it, it, it like cat it, it was something compartment compartmentalized inside of me that I just kind of let go of you know um but the the video though I thought Spidey was just really smart to 
make it someone else's story and to, at a, in a different time and a different place with different people. Um, and that to me made it, made it more relatable. You know, I, I don't think that I really hate to say, Oh yes, it's my story. I've, I've done a few interviews before and I, and I've, think back like damn should i have told people that that was my <laughs> what it's like am i ruining it does it need to be explained like am i ruining your fantasy about the record and what you thought about it by <laughs> what it is you know um but you know it is what it is and um uh yeah i just peeled a page out of my my own story some records are that way some are not but that one for sure is Shooter, I got to ask, uh, I read somewhere, um, you know, you can't always trust everything on the internet, on the internet but you're, you're kind of going to slow down on touring to concentrate on producing. Is that right? Yeah. I mean, I look, and, you know, we've got sometimes why happening and we're working out. We played our first show at my last show the other day. And I know it's pretty dramatic to say it's not like I'm retiring. It's just like the reality is I've been kind of chained to touring, doing my own thing for like nearly 20 years. And and I've gotten to move into this other realm of being able to do all this great music with lots of different artists, which I love. And then the sometimes why thing has happened. And I'm like, you know, we, at some point I have to like dice my life up in a way to be able to cover the things that are the most important and are kind of like on my plate. And, and right now that is like, you know, I've, I've got this great relationship working with Concord, which is like a, a multi-label thing where I get to do records with them and develop artists and stuff, which is something I really love. And I love having my hands in lots of different creativity. So it's like, I, I didn't want people to expect me to be doing the same thing I've been doing every year and coming to Dayton, Ohio and playing like half empty rooms and, mm. and, and, you know, having to fly, like having to travel and just do what we normally did all year round takes up so much time that it doesn't give me time to do all of this other great stuff and and on top of it like <coughs> we, especially with the sometimes why project like we've just gotten this thing off the ground as a band we're we're trying to plan the way we're gonna you know uh not only address the touring but like more records and all of that and i just feel like these things need deserve my focus and and if i were having to still just go out and do rounds of shooter touring just for money or just for like you know, just to get around and see everybody, it would just take too much time. And and I just didn't want to let anybody down and have them expect, expect that and be like, Hey, come back to, you know, Cleveland and, and be like, I just wanted to be, be clear about what my focus was at the moment. And, you know, that's and, what and yellow, and yellow Wolf, where is your like uh solo career at? Are you, you kind of pump the brakes on that right now to concentrate on sometimes why, or what, what do you got going on? It wasn't it wasn't purposeful, you know. We we were in Europe and when when um in Russia actually when um when Trump made that call to come home or stay, mm. you mm -hmm. know. And so we cut our tour in half and I came home and I haven't been on stage since. And uh it kind of felt it felt nice, you know, like, I was like, damn, you know, I, I've been touring as well forever, man. Like, you know, 200 plus shows a year, you know, or, you know, just craziness. Um, 
and when I when I was forced to stop, so to speak, it kind of put things in perspective. Like I need to just chill, for, you know, like almost like it's not as exciting for me, and it's not as exciting for the fans. I'm I'm so available. Um, so I took I, I carved out some time to like just focus on. <laughs> making music and god did did i do that you know i was like fuck mm -hmm. it i put out five hip-hop albums in august whoa like like five in a row like straight up uh, i had stacked that much music and i was already sitting on sometimes why mm -hmm. so i had like i recorded sometimes why two we, we were done two years ago with the project and so i was just stacking stacking music i was like man i gotta flush all this music out um all, all this these hip-hop records before the sometimes why record hits you know it's kind of like this is a new chapter and I, I i certainly can't release these records after sometimes why so we put all the music out and then um yeah when when we when we got together it was like are do we want to tour yeah we want to tour we we want to we want to be out and, and we want to play this music but how do we want to do this you know um, do we want to drag this band through clubs across America? Um, no, <laughs> you know, uh, do popping up at festivals and, and having special moments. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but you know, it's not that we're above any, you know, we'll play anywhere. We're, you know, we're talking about like possibly playing like the Viper room. You know, just because this rap and shit like that is dope. And, and like, it, you know, things that mean something, like like our release party was at the uh, the Rainbow Room. And then our first show was this live PBS uh, broadcast, you know, in a cave in Tennessee. It sounds cool, though. I haven't seen it, but it sounds cool. Yeah, you know, it's just it's kind of reserving moments, you know, like that's what we, we hope for um and what we're focused on doing and i think it'll happen you know we're talking about latching on to some 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 bigger acts some more legendary acts as an opener possibly you know um and just see where it goes and you know really we're just not in a rush you know most people like drop an album and hit the road and i think the record needs time to marinate i, I think we both need know that with such a drastic change, like, like, so I, you know, I was getting coffee the other morning and the dude given uh, the guy behind the register was like, yo, dude, I, I saw your billboard, um, for, for a new rock record question mark, you know, kind of. And I was like, yeah, he goes, dude, I had no idea you were doing a new album. I was like, that's what the billboards for <laughs> <laughs> this. This record, it, it is, it's so, it's so organic and very like, it's, it's very street, you know, it's very, it's, it's underground because and it's underground because it's Shooter and Yellow Wolf. Yeah. You no, know, no one's like, and no one anticipated this. So it's going to take a minute to, to, to fucking click, you know? Well, both of you guys had such atypical career paths. You know, I was thinking about you Shooter, like, I was listening to some of your early, early solo stuff, you know, um, and sort of from the, uh, 
the uh, electric rodeo era. And sure. I was thinking about how like your music could have been, now you did chart and early on you did chart something on the country charts, but it always felt like your, your solo music was just a little bit too rocking for country radio and a little bit too country for rock radio and that kind of thing. And I've, <laughs> One thing I live I in the gap. What? Said I live in the gap. You do live you know, in the gap. In the abyss, and it's like that's. It's always been that way. <laughs> and and I I just wanted to ask you, early on, did you have an opportunity to be Waylon Jennings Jr.? Could you have just gone down that pop country route and had you know country hit top? You basically like the Hank Williams Jr. kind of thing, and did you purposely avoid that path? Well, yeah. I mean, I, I, you know, I fell in love with music because I, I fell in love with music. And so like from day one, I wanted to make my own music. It never, it never was kind of, I just never looked at it that way. You know, I never looked at it like it was the career path. I looked at it like, you know, I, I watched MTV and I loved Nine Inch Nails and I loved like all these bands, like when I was younger and, and look, I, I got in a band, I put together, I moved to LA when I was 20. So I got way out of the, the Nashville world and I was pretty oblivious to it. I had a rock band for a while and then, and then I put together and then like around the time my dad passed away, I, I had really fallen deeply in love with the history of country music and lots of different artists. And, and, you know, I was down the Graham Parsons rabbit hole really hard and Hank Williams Jr.'s early records really hard. And so like I decided to put together a kind of country band out here in LA. And I had a guy that I brought in the band. He was like, I think you should change your name to Waylon Jennings Jr. And I was like really disappointed in that because it was like, you know, I, I never was like trying to prove anything, but like everyone clearly knew that I was on my own thing. I wasn't chasing any kind of dragon, you know, and or chasing any kind of like fame I could get. And I honestly, I was pretty oblivious to, to the shadow, quote unquote, until I actually put that first record out. And once I did that, that's when the people started coming, you know, you never be your dad and you're this and play your dad and come to shows being disappointed, like without even hearing a note of my music, you know, that kind of stuff. So I, I became more anything. I had a, I had a very questionable relationship with the audience and I don't mean that in, in, in any way to hurt anybody that came to shows. Cause I, I'm very appreciative of the people who supported me early on. Um, you know, but, but they're like someone who didn't have a famous dad would start and build an audience and really be able to trust that audience. Cause they know that they, they started with nothing and every one of those people stayed because they liked their music. And for me from day one, there were just people that were automatically there. So I never really could trust or knew why they were there. That's deep. So like, you know, in a way I didn't, in a way, I sorry, my dogs are barking like way in the background. I hope it's not ruining. It's this. part of the deal. It's part of the deal. Okay, um, but anyway, so uh, yeah, I just it was just a weird relationship with with being a touring act when I'm gonna kill that dog. Anyway, when when everyone is there and you don't know why they're there, you know. So so that that was kind of an initial thing, but I never really ever approached it like. Like, you know, what can I do to get more exposure? Or, you know, I was very proud of my relationship with my dad and his music, which I love. But, um, uh, and we had a great relationship, you know, I had never had any reason to ever, 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 we were never mad at each other, you know, we had a great relationship. But like, 
it was just one of those things from day one. I never trusted it, you know? And so then when I would go out on a limb and I would do something like black ribbons or Countach, like, well, black ribbon was really the first time where I was like, Hey, I'm going to show this whole other side to me and let's see who likes me and let's see who, who gets the fuck out, you know? And, and it did that, which was great. It cleared out a bunch of people, you know? And then after a while, like those people started coming around to it. So it's one of those things where, where, it's just always been a journey for me, but like to get to where I am now, I feel like I've now my life is lived and and I've got all these people that I've met who know me and love me and, and never had anything to do with any of that. And, and records that I did like Kuntosh brought me Yellow Wolf in a way like, you know, records that I did early on that were like his. We talk about this about with love story and stuff about what that record gave back to him by taking the chances that he took. And it was the same way with uh, Black Ribbons for me. Yeah. I wanted to see Yellow Wolf like got off the feed here. Um, uh, now it's, okay. Yeah. Yo, so, so Yellow Wolf, what I wanted to ask you in terms of, I'm trying to ask like a solo question to, ever, to, to both you and Shooter is, um, you know, you came up in the 2000s during that, that mixtape era, you made your name with mixtapes. You were on a major label, off a major label. Do you, think that you would fare better now in this coming up in the streaming era or are you glad you came up in the 2000s before spotify and soundcloud and all that stuff um you know i, I my path was all predetermined you know like i i did i wasn't in control of my you know full control of my death um i i could have been born in the 90s or in the early 60s and you know, there would have been a different outcome, but the, whatever recipe that was given to me in my life is, is, is what ended me up here. It's what turned into, you know, a, like a really, you know, successful career in hip hop. And, and it's also what gave me the, the juice for, um, I need help with the dogs. The dogs. Uh, hey. I wanted to go into like you guys, like you know, there's this little like this. There's a buzz about rock music, and you know, like I feel like Shudu, you were saying earlier that they're having you kind of develop artists. I'm pretty sure because they want like a real rocker to come in and help these kids. Um, but like from two actual real rockers who I feel like came up or organically and kind of like you know, let's talk about that rock star life. What's the real deal with that? Like, what was that like? Touring, like, either come to shows, or just kind of like working with the band? Like, what's what's like? What's the inside scope on what it's like to be a real rocker? Man, there's. I, I look. I'm glad I lived through my 20s. I will say that I would never go back there again. <laughs> I had a great time, and being on the road in the beginning was insane. Bluetooth. We traveled on buses for years, you know, and and like I love it, but like he said, man, at this point in time, like you know, we want to make sure what we do when we go out there is, is like worth it because we're, you know, I'm 42 years old. Like the last thing I want to do is like spend all year cooped up in a bus, hitting places in the freezing cold, getting broke, broken down. Like we did all that. We did years of that. And now we're in a place where we're actually able to like create these spend this time like he said the, the pandemic thing really was an interesting thing it was really tough for everybody it was tough for me too but we um you know it really put the brakes on and it kind of like it kind of let 
it, hard to explain. It kind of let let me take a minute and not let. It's almost like I'd been depleting something for so long, and it like it allowed something to kind of refill in me, some kind of creativity to fill back up without there being a leak. And I think that kind of allowed for this whole like different view of what my life could be and what what the touring life and the studio life and all of that could be. It it just kind of kind of opened it all back up, you know? Yeah. But um yeah. 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 You really would never want to live a day in your twenties ever again. It was too no. great. Demi's right in the middle no. of her twenties and she just can't imagine you know, no, no. I mean, look, the 20, my twenties were awesome, but I was stupid for so much of it. Like I was a dumbass through my twenties. Like if I lived it again, I'm not. Oh, not I'm yo, not dude. <laughs> Hello. Yeah. What's Hi. going on? <laughs> yo, do you hear this? Hello. Yeah. Wow. We're, here. we're here, man. What's going on? Yo, Cody, come here. Somebody Yo. say something. Huh? Yo, what? Hello? What's going on? Dude, film this. Film this. <laughs> what is film? happening? Somebody I don't know what's something. going on. Hi. <laughs> Why is he doing that? I don't know. What is Go happening? Ahead. What's happening? I don't know what's happening. <laughs> oh, man. This is pretty funny. What's happening? Is there a coyote? Is there a coyote? That's what you thought. Oh Demi my was... god! Oh my god, dude! You oh. gotta explain. You gotta explain what's going on. Dude, I've never, I've never seen this before. Can you guys hear me? Yeah, yeah. we can hear you. Yeah. Do I sound crazy? Yeah. You sound okay, you sound fine. I mean, you sound like you sound wrong. You all sound like like you've you've done a fucking bunch of whippets. <laughs> Everybody's like roosh, roosh, <laughs> It's so crazy. See, I just wanted to know I just wanted to know what kind of car you were sitting in. I Dude, I filmed it. I'm just going to have to send it to you. I don't know what to say. I don't know how oh, to fix this. If you send it to us, we'll throw up you will throw up like in, what okay? you're talking oh. about. Okay, he's calling back in. Oh my lord, maybe yeah. he was on whippets. <laughs> I don't know what happened there, but we we actually should probably let you guys go. Uh, but thank you so much for talking to us and breaking down the record. It was uh, really interesting to to hear your perspective on things. I really respect you as a producer shooter, and I love what you do, what you do with Brandy Carlisle. Um, Thanks, man. And uh, I, 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 you got to give us a little insight. Of that is there another Brandy Carlisle project in the works? Because yeah, well, she and I are actually. I'm going to see her letter today because I'm, I'm out. On, I'm touring with her as her piano player in there, but I'm we're we're at okay. the middle of is that better? Yeah. Yeah, we're back, man. I, that okay. was that was so crazy. <laughs> like, we were trying to figure out what the hell was going on because you were just going, "Oh my god!" Like, yeah, I didn't know. <laughs> yeah, I didn't know. Everybody was like, Roosh, drug, drug. <laughs> I was like, I was like, Coyote, come film this shit. That's amazing. So, anyway, no. yeah, send it. Yeah, send it to us. Send it to us. Yeah, I'll send it to you. Yeah, uh, but yeah, no, I was just we're I'm we're doing the the second Tanya Tucker record, so we're like we're finishing it. Today. Oh, awesome, yeah. awesome! That's got to be that's a whole nother show. Is to talk about the whole 
Kenny Tucker experience. Oh yeah. That's, that's yeah. two or three shows. Yeah. 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 <laughs> um, so, so right. yeah. Uh, yell if you, yell well, if you, if you hear me, I just wanted to know what kind of car you were chilling out in. Cause I got to know what kind of car yellow wolf has out in his driveway. Shit. Yeah. Okay, cool. I'll show it to you. Yeah. I'm going to pop in it now. Just grabbing my billfold. <laughs> okay. um, yeah, I got a got a roll, baby. <laughs> yeah, so uh, this is a maybe I I'll, I'll see you a little bit. All right, you ready, to roll? Yodi. Yeah, it's roll. It's my homie Coyote. Hi, what's up? Coyote. What's up? How's it going? Oh this yes, twenty twenty one bit. Oh wow. Hey, okay. Twenty twenty one Bentley Bentega. Let's go. Is this is this a custom Bentley? Yeah. It looks like a glass castle. That's my wife. Old school. Oh. Nice. Yeah. Where are you guys off to right now? Uh, run my friend to his rehearsals and corner, bro. And uh, grab some coffee. This is where I usually do my interviews, to be honest. Oh yeah. Well, you got good acoustics inside the car. Yeah, I yeah, that. when I linked it to the Bluetooth this time, it warped everybody's voice. So crazy. Okay, so it was a Bluetooth thing that like made it all. Yeah, I, I think I think maybe yeah, it was like Bluetooth and Wi-Fi signal kind of got jammed up. But anyway, yeah. I'm sorry yeah. about all that, man. Just the run around. It's all good. I just I just interview. like that we got we got to view your car. That's 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 something. That's something. All right. Yeah. All right, um, guys. We will let you go. Thank you so much for joining us. Yellow Wolf, yeah. Shooter Jennings, Sometimes Why. The album is out now. We hope to see you play some shows. We're here in LA. I live, you know, 20 minutes from the Rainbow Room from the Strip. So we'd love to see you guys. Nice. Yeah. I live here too, man. So that'd be yeah. nice. Yeah. All yeah, right. We'll All right. We'll talk to you guys later. Thank you hey, so man. much, Thanks. guys. All right. Later. Bye. That was Shooter Jennings and Yellow Wolf. The new project, Sometimes Why, is out now. Timmy, that was a lot of fun. We got yeah. to get a peek into Shooter's production uh, production habits. Yeah. And we got to see Yellow Wolf's dope-ass car. And talk and, about whippets. Yeah. <laughs> that was so funny. I can't wait to have that. that yeah, clip. we'll try to get really that footage cool. from him. We'll try to get that footage from him. Mm -hmm. All right, guys. That'll be it for us. As always, you can go to popdust.com for past episodes and go to Spotify, Our Heart Radio, Apple Podcasts for, to listen to a podcast version. Uh, of course, Facebook, YouTube, TikTok, you know. And of course, follow us on Instagram. I'm at Jordan Edwards Studio. Demi is at Demi underscore Ramos. So until next week, we will see you later.